Hello friends, welcome to the One Year Bible Tour Guide. Love for God and His Word inspires us to press on in our Bible reading journey as we continue to read from the book of Jeremiah in the Old Testament and Paul's first letter to Timothy in the New Testament. My name is David McAdam and today is October 20th. The Word of the Lord calls for our attention, but we will read of just how deeply principalities and powers reject the Word and how human beings suppress the Word in unrighteousness. Today we will read of a king of Judah who so rejects the word of the Lord that he cuts its scroll with a knife and burns it in the fire. However, the word of God is not bound. Truth will not die and will not be silent. We will see a contrast between those who receive the scriptures as it truly is the word of God and those who resist its truth. May we be faithful not only to read God's word, but to heed it. Let's get started reading today's portion from the One-Year Bible, beginning with the book of Jeremiah, chapter 35, verse 1, and we will read through to the end of chapter 36. Jeremiah, chapter 35, The Obedience of the Rechabites The word that came to Jeremiah from the Lord in the days of Jehoiakim, the son of Josiah, king of Judah. Go to the house of the Rechabites, and speak with them, and bring them to the house of the Lord, into one of the chambers, then offer them wine to drink. So I took Jeazaniah, the son of Jeremiah, son of Habazaniah, and his brothers, and all his sons, and the whole house of the Rechabites. I brought them to the house of the Lord, into the chamber of the sons of Hanan, the son of Igdaliah, the man of God, which was near the chamber of the officials, above the chamber of Maasiah, the son of Shalom, keeper of the threshold. Then I set before the Rechabites, pitchers full of wine and cups. And I said to them, Drink wine. But they answered, We will drink no wine. For Jonadab, the son of Rechab, our father, commanded us, You shall not drink wine, neither you nor your sons, forever. You shall not build a house. You shall not sow seed. You shall not plant or have a vineyard. But you shall live in tents all your days, that you may live many days in the land where you sojourn. We have obeyed the voice of Jonadab, the son of Rechab, our father, in all that he commanded us, to drink no wine all our days ourselves, our wives, our sons, or our daughters, and not to build houses to dwell in. We have no vineyard or field or seed, but we have lived in tents and have obeyed and done all that Jonadab, our father, commanded us. But when Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, came up against the land, we said, Come, and let us go to Jerusalem, for fear of the army of the Chaldeans and the army of the Syrians. So we are living in Jerusalem. Then the word of the Lord came to Jeremiah, Thus says the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, Go and say to the people of Judah and the inhabitants of Jerusalem, Will you not receive instruction and listen to my words, declares the Lord? The command that Jonadab, the son of Rechab, gave to his sons to drink no wine has been kept, and they drink none to this day, for they have obeyed their father's command. I have spoken to you persistently, but you have not listened to me. I have sent to you all my servants the prophets, sending them persistently, saying, Turn now every one of you from his evil way, and amend your deeds, and do not go after other gods to serve them, and then you shall dwell in the land that I gave to you and your fathers. But you did not incline your ear or listen to me, 
the sons of Jonadab, the son of Rechab, have kept the command that their father gave them, but this people has not obeyed me. Therefore, thus says the Lord, the God of hosts, the God of Israel, Behold, I am bringing upon Judah and all the inhabitants of Jerusalem all the disaster that I have pronounced against them, because I have spoken to them, and they have not listened. I have called to them, and they have not answered. But to the house of the Rechabites, Jeremiah said, Thus says the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, Because you have obeyed the command of Jonadab your father, and kept all his precepts, and done all that he commanded you, therefore thus says the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, Jonadab the son of Rechab shall never lack a man to stand before me. Chapter 36 Jehoiakim Burns Jeremiah's Scroll In the fourth year of Jehoiakim, the son of Josiah, king of Judah, this word came to Jeremiah from the Lord. Take a scroll and write on it all the words that I have spoken to you against Israel and Judah and all the nations, from the day I spoke to you from the days of Josiah until today. May it be that the house of Judah will hear all the disaster that I intend to do to them, so that every one may turn from his evil way, and that I may forgive their iniquity and their sin. Then Jeremiah called Barak the son of Neriah, and Barak wrote on a scroll at the dictation of Jeremiah all the words of the Lord that he had spoken to him. And Jeremiah ordered Barak, saying, I am banned from going to the house of the Lord, so you are to go, and on a day of fasting, in the hearing of all the people in the Lord's house, you shall read the words of the Lord from the scroll that you have written at my dictation. You shall read them also in the hearing of all the men of Judah who come out of their cities. It may be that their plea for mercy will come before the Lord, and that everyone will turn from his evil way, for great is the anger and wrath that the Lord has pronounced against this people. And Baruch the son of Neriah did all that Jeremiah the prophet ordered him about reading from the scroll the words of the Lord in the Lord's house. In the fifth year of Jehoiakim, the son of Josiah, king of Judah, in the ninth month, all the people in Jerusalem and all the people who came from the cities of Judah to Jerusalem proclaimed a fast before the Lord. Then, in the hearing of all the people, Baruch read the words of Jeremiah from the scroll in the house of the Lord, in the chamber of Gemariah, the son of Shaphan, the secretary, which was in the upper court at the entry of the new gate of the Lord's house. When Micaiah, the son of Gemariah, son of Shaphan, heard all the words of the Lord from the scroll, he went down to the king's house, into the secretary's chamber, and all the officials were sitting there. Elishama, the secretary, Deliah, the son of Shemaiah, Elnathan, the son of Achbor, Gemariah, the son of Shaphan, Zedekiah, the son of Hananiah, and all the officials. And Micaiah told them all the words that he had heard, when Baruch read the scroll in the hearing of the people. Then all the officials sent Jehudai, the son of Nathaniah, the son of Shemaliah, son of Cushi, to say to Baruch, Take in your hand the scroll that you read in the hearing of the people, and come. So Baruch the son of Neriah took the scroll in his hand and came to them. And they said to him, Sit down and read it. So Baruch read it to them. When they heard all the words, they turned one to another in fear. And they said to Baruch, 
we must report all these words to the king. Then they asked Baruch, Tell us, please, how did you write all these words? Was it at his dictation? Baruch answered them, He dictated all these words to me while I wrote them with ink on the scroll. Then the officials said to Baruch, Go and hide, you and Jeremiah, and let no one know where you are. So they went into the court to the king, having put the scroll in the chamber of Elishama the secretary, and they reported all the words to the king. Then the king sent to Jehudai to get the scroll, and he took it from the chamber of Elishama the secretary. And Jehudai read it to the king and all the officials who stood beside the king. It was the ninth month, and the king was sitting in the winter house, and there was a fire burning in the fire-pot before him. As Jehudai read three or four columns, the king would cut them off with a knife and throw them into the fire in the fire-pot, until the entire scroll was consumed in the fire that was in the fire-pot. Yet neither the king nor any of his servants who heard all these words was afraid, nor did they tear their garments. Even when Elnathan and Deliah and Gemariah urged the king not to burn the scroll, he would not listen to them. And the king commanded Jeremiah the king's son, and Sariah the son of Azrael, and Shelemiah the son of Abdiel, to seize Barak the secretary and Jeremiah the prophet. But the Lord hid them. Now after the king had burned the scroll with the words that Baruch wrote at Jeremiah's dictation, the word of the Lord came to Jeremiah. Take another scroll, and write on it all the former words that were in the first scroll, which Jehoiakim, the king of Judah, has burned. And concerning Jehoiakim, king of Judah, you shall say, Thus says the Lord, You have burned this scroll, saying, Why have you written in it that the king of Babylon will certainly come and destroy this land, and will cut off from it man and beast? Therefore thus says the Lord concerning Jehoiakim, king of Judah, he shall have none to sit on the throne of David, and his dead body shall be cast out to the heat by day and the frost by night. And I will punish him and his offspring and his servants for their iniquity. I will bring upon them and upon the inhabitants of Jerusalem and upon the people of Judah all the disaster that I have pronounced against them. But they would not hear. Then Jeremiah took another scroll and gave it to Baruch the scribe, the son of Neriah, who wrote on it at the dictation of Jeremiah all the words of the scroll that Jehoiakim, king of Judah, had burned in the fire, and many similar words were added to them. And this concludes our reading from the Old Testament from the book of Jeremiah. Now let's take a few moments to recap and highlight some important observations. In chapter 35, we read about the Rechabites. The Rechabites were a nomadic tribe related to the Kenites who descended from Moses' father-in-law, Jethro, in 1 Chronicles chapter 2, verses 54-55. through 55. And they assisted Jehu in gathering Baal worshippers and eliminating Baal worship from Israel, in 2 Kings chapter 10, verses 15-27. through 27. The Lord gives Jeremiah instructions to go to the Rechabites and invite them into one of the side rooms of the temple and give them wine to drink. The Rechabite men refuse because they had been given commands from their forefathers not to drink wine, build houses, sow seed, or plant vineyards. They remain obedient to their forefather, Jonadab, to fulfill their calling as nomads. They explain, however, that they came to Jerusalem to seek protection from the Babylonian invaders 
in Jeremiah chapter 35, verses 1 through 11. Jeremiah gives them the Lord's assurance that Jonadab will never fail to have a man that serves him due to his son's faithfulness. The word of the Lord comes to Jeremiah instructing him to use the example of the Rechabites' faithfulness to their forefather Jonadab as a dramatic contrast to the unfaithfulness of the men of Judah to the commands of their God in Jeremiah chapter 35, verses 12 through 17. In chapter 36, Jeremiah is instructed to write down on a scroll all the words that the Lord has spoken concerning Israel, Judah, and all the nations from the time he began to prophesy during the reign of Josiah until now. He hopes that when the people of Judah read what is predicted, they will repent and that the Lord would forgive their wickedness and sin. Jeremiah calls Baruch, the son of Neriah, to write down all the words that Jeremiah will dictate to him. He is then to go to the Lord's temple in Jeremiah's stead because Jeremiah is still under restraining orders, confined to the courtyard. A time of fasting is proclaimed for all the people of Jerusalem. Baruch reads the words of Jeremiah to many of the leaders. They are alarmed and resolved that the king Jehoiakim must hear Jeremiah's message. The officials tell Jeremiah and Baruch to hide. As the king has the scroll read to him, he cuts the scroll up and puts it into the fire until it is destroyed. Yet the king and all his servants who heard all these words were not afraid, nor did they rend their garments. Even though Elnathan, Deliah, and Gemariah pleaded with the king not to burn the scroll, he would not listen to them. And the king commanded Jeremiah, the king's son, Sariah, the son of Azrael, and Shelemiah, the son of Abdiel, to seize Baruch the scribe and Jeremiah the prophet, but the Lord hid them. Jeremiah chapter 36, verses 24 through 26. After the king destroys the scroll, the Lord tells Jeremiah to make another one. He is then to go to Jehoiakim and pronounce this judgment. Therefore, thus says the Lord concerning Jehoiakim, king of Judah, he shall have no one to sit on the throne of David, and his dead body shall be cast out to the heat of the day and the frost of the night. I will also punish him and his descendants and his servants for their iniquity, and I will bring on them and the inhabitants of Jerusalem and the men of Judah all the calamity that I have declared to them. But they did not listen. We will continue to read Jeremiah tomorrow, but now we must move on to the New Testament our next stop in our Bible reading tour, Paul's first letter to Timothy, chapter 5, and we will read from verse 1 through 25. Instructions for the Church Do not rebuke an older man, but encourage him as you would a father, younger men as brothers, older women as mothers, younger women as sisters, in all purity. Honor widows who are truly widows. But if a widow has children or grandchildren, let them first learn to show godliness to their own household and to make some return to their parents, for this is pleasing in the sight of God. She who is truly a widow, left all alone, has set her hope on God and continues in supplications and prayers night and day. But she who is self-indulgent is dead even while she lives. Command these things as well, so that they may be without reproach. But if anyone does not provide for his relatives, and especially for members of his household, he has denied the faith and is worse than an unbeliever. 
Let a widow be enrolled if she is not less than sixty years of age, having been the wife of one husband, and having a reputation for good works, if she has brought up children, has shown hospitality, has washed the feet of the saints, has cared for the afflicted, and has devoted herself to every good work. But refuse to enroll younger widows, for when their passions draw them away from Christ, they desire to marry, and so incur condemnation for having abandoned their former faith. Besides that, they learn to be idlers, going about from house to house, and not only idlers, but also gossips and busybodies, saying what they should not. So I would have younger widows marry, bear children, manage their households, and give the adversary no occasion for slander. For some have already strayed after Satan. If any believing woman has relatives who are widows, let her care for them. Let the church not be burdened, so that it may care for those who are truly widows. Let the elders who rule well be considered worthy of double honor, especially those who labor in preaching and teaching. For the scripture says, You shall not muzzle an ox when it treads out the grain, and the laborer deserves his wages. Do not admit a charge against an elder except on the evidence of two or three witnesses. As for those who persist in sin, rebuke them in the presence of all, so that the rest may stand in fear. In the presence of God and of Christ Jesus and of the elect angels, I charge you to keep these rules without prejudging, doing nothing from partiality. Do not be hasty in the laying on of hands, nor take part in the sins of others. Keep yourself pure. No longer drink only water, but use a little wine for the sake of your stomach and your frequent ailments. The sins of some people are conspicuous, going before them to judgment, but the sins of others appear later. So also good works are conspicuous, and even those that are not cannot remain hidden. This concludes our reading from the New Testament, Paul's first letter to Timothy. Paul gives Timothy instruction to pass on to the church pertaining to how older men and women are to be treated. He gives detail to the care of widows, parents, and grandparents who may have no source of income. Sometimes we can be blind to the needs of those who are outside our age group. Timothy was relatively young, in his late thirties or early forties, and he may have needed a reminder of the needs of the older men and women. Why was it important that the church take care of widows? Families were to support each other, but widows without families were often left in a vulnerable financial condition. There were no pension plans, life insurance, and few honorable jobs for older widows. A woman who had no children or extended family members would most certainly be in need. The church is the family of God and every member is related to the whole, and therefore it is important to provide the counsel, comfort, encouragement, and when necessary, practical, material support. Family members are to look after their own. But if anyone does not provide for his own, and especially those of his household, he has denied the faith and is worse than an unbeliever. 1 Timothy chapter 5, verse 8. Timothy is also given instruction as to how the church is to support their teachers who serve as shepherds feeding the flock. They must also be aware that Satan will often target the leaders to bring the gospel into disrepute. They must give an account and any charge against their behavior should be carefully examined. 
Now we pull away from the New Testament and move on in our Bible reading tour to the book of Psalms, Psalm 89, and we will be reading verses 14 through 37. Righteousness and justice are the foundation of your throne. Steadfast love and faithfulness go before you. Blessed are the people who know the festal shout, who walk, O Lord, in the light of your face, who exult in your name all the day, and in your righteousness are exalted. For you are the glory of their strength. By your favor our horn is exalted. For our shield belongs to the Lord, our King, to the Holy One of Israel. Of old you spoke in a vision to your godly one, and said, I have granted help to one who is mighty. I have exalted one chosen from the people. I have found David my servant. With my holy oil I have anointed him so that my hand shall be established with him. My arm also shall strengthen him. The enemy shall not outwit him. The wicked shall not humble him. I will crush his foes before him and strike down those who hate him. My faithfulness and my steadfast love shall be with him, and in my name shall his horn be exalted. I will set his hand on the sea and his right hand on the rivers. He shall cry to me, You are my Father, my God, and the rock of my salvation. And I will make him the firstborn, the highest of the kings of the earth. My steadfast love I will keep for him forever, and my covenant will stand firm for him. I will establish his offspring forever, and his throne as the days of the heavens. If his children forsake my law, and do not walk according to my rules, if they violate my statutes, and do not keep my commandments, then I will punish their transgression with a rod, and their iniquity with stripes. But I will not remove from him my steadfast love, or be false to my faithfulness. I will not violate my covenant, or alter the word that went forth from my lips. Once for all I have sworn by my holiness, I will not lie to David. His offspring shall endure forever, his throne as long as the sun before me. Like the moon it shall be established forever, a faithful witness in the skies. Let's take a few moments to reflect upon what we have just read. The throne of God is established on two strong pillars, justice and righteousness. Mercy and truth walk before the Lord. How blessed are those who know the joyful sound of the gospel declaration, Jesus is Lord, worthy is the Lamb. Who is the prophet mentioned in Psalm 89, verse 19? Some say Samuel, who anointed David as king of Israel, in 1 Samuel chapter 16, verses 1 through 13. Some say Nathan, who was a prophet to David when David became king, in 2 Samuel chapter 7, verses 4 through 17. But we must keep the anointed one, the greater and truer David, in view. I also shall make him my firstborn the highest of the kings of the earth. My loving kindness I will keep for him forever, and my covenant shall be confirmed to him. So I will establish his descendants forever and his throne as the days of heaven. Psalm 89, verses 27 through 29. God is faithful to his covenant. Verses 30 and following show the result of the descendants of David who have forsaken the law of God. Then I will punish their transgression with the rod and their iniquity with stripes. 
but I will not break off my loving kindness from him, nor deal falsely in my faithfulness. Psalm 89, verses 32 through 33. Now for our final stop on our Bible reading tour, we go to the book of Proverbs, Proverbs chapter 25, verses 25 through 27. Like cold water to a thirsty soul, so is good news from a far country. Like a muddied spring or a polluted fountain is a righteous man who gives way before the wicked. It is not good to eat much honey, nor is it glorious to seek one's own glory. In Proverbs 25, verse 25, we have a proverb of contrasts. Good news of victory from a place unseen is as refreshing as ice water from the springs of Mount Hermon. However, for a brother or sister, at one time in the right, that is, walking in a right relationship with the Lord, to turn away from his or her former fidelity corrupts their potential to refresh others as they might have done in the past. It is possible to suffer from too much of a good thing, such as honey or success. People suffer the consequences of overindulgence and a preoccupation with self-advancement and recognition. Let's come before the Lord in the light of what we have learned from reading His Word. Merciful covenant-keeping God, may we be faithful to live out our commitment to Your desires, as the Rechabites were faithful to live according to the desire of their ancestors. May we never despise or belittle the value of Your Word, but may we count it as our greatest treasure and habitually respond to it with obedience. We want to make your faithfulness known to all generations. Open doors of opportunity for us to share the good news of who you are and what you have done in the person of your Son. In Jesus' name we ask it. Amen. Thank you for being our Bible reading companions today, and God willing will be with you tomorrow to pick up where we left off. If you have any questions or comments, we'd love to hear from you. We appreciate hearing from our readers. You can write to us at podcast at newlife.org, and you can go to our website and subscribe to a daily email where you get a written copy of our commentary on each day's one-year Bible reading. And our websites are newlife.org and newlifefineartsorg. Heavenly Father, I want to thank you for our friends here and around the world who are committed to following you. We want your thoughts for our minds. We want your affections for our emotions. We want your wisdom for our wills. And we ask that you would continue to work in us that we might live fruitful lives for your glory. Bless us all this day with a consciousness of your presence and your peace. In Jesus' name, Shalom. Shalom.